our prayer guides, and those are just guides. You're welcome to have one. I hope you will join us. It is that sense of, you know, bringing in the new year. And I know I, I mentioned to you that the Lord made a covenant, and he said, I'm going to put the law in their hearts and minds. And one of the last verses that we read was there in Jonah, where Jonah uh, rested and, and understood the graciousness and the kindness of God. And it was one of the things that made him angry. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. Can you imagine that, that to disobey God because you know how kind he is? To disobey God because you know how gracious he is. And we think, boy, how could you do that? And yet, we hear and see folks all the time that will say, oh, well, you know, God loves me and it'll be all right. And I don't, I'll do live like I want because I know God's good and he's nice and he'll forgive. And yes, God will forgive. And yet look at what you can put yourself through by disobeying him. I mean, why do you want to go to the belly of a whale? I mean, why do you want to become, you know, all of this? And so uh, here it is. So uh, then David, of course, sinned and he opened his prayer of repentance, his psalm of repentance by talking about the loving kindness, the mercy. That word has said uh, that in the Hebrew, the kindness, the mercy, the loving kindness uh, is part of who the Lord is. And then when you read in Isaiah, he said in Isaiah, in a little wrath, I hid my face from thee. This was God speaking for a, a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. What a powerful word. He said, yeah, when you feel like God doesn't know, God doesn't care, God is, you know, the heavens are brass. You know, it, it may be that, oh, well, he, the Lord has hid his face for a moment, but it only lasts a moment if you'll keep worshiping and you'll keep praising and you'll keep saying, Lord, I want you to know I'm going to still praise you and love you. And I'm going to, you are still, you are good. You are kind. You are gracious. You'll soon begin to feel the mercy and kindness of Almighty God. But you have to put yourself through it. He said, for this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So I have sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that has... Aren't you thankful it's an everlasting covenant that shows mercy for thousands of generations? And you say, well, does that matter that much that it's part of a covenant? I was baptized in Jesus' name, a sign of the covenant. A sign of circumcision, a sign of going down in water, coming up. When a person submits themselves into baptism, it is like you are taking on part of the seal of the covenant. When you receive the seal of the Holy Ghost, it's a sign of the covenant. And when you talk about 
Here it is. These symbols of covenant. What does that mean? You know, so it's a covenant. You know, and we talk, you hear that word, promise, covenant, whatever you want. Well, let me tell you how important that is. All the way back in the Old Testament, you can look in the book of Joshua, the ninth chapter, the 10th chapter. You remember the children of Israel came through and they conquered Jericho and they marched around it and then they, they got arrogant and went up to Ai and they were defeated. But people were afraid of the people that were of the children of Israel. They had fear for the children of Israel. And, and there was a little town of what they call the Gibeonites, the sons of Gibeon. And you remember the story? Look at Joshua 9, Joshua 10. And they, they put on this real good act. They, they got old clothes, they got moldy bread, they got shoes that were in bad shape, almost worn out, and they threw dust on their face and dust on their animals and dirt and shrieked their faces and they came up to Joshua and all the, <coughs> the children of Israel and they said, we are the Gibeonites and we live a long, long, long way away. Will you make a league with us? Joshua didn't pray about it. He didn't ask God, should I do it? You know what Joshua said? Sounds good. We'll do it. We'll, we'll make a league. You'll be our friend. And they told him, said, look, our bread was fresh out of the oven when we left. Our clothes were new. We've traveled. They were just a bunch of outright liars manipulators fakers and they faked a covenant with Joshua Joshua found out they go to the next town they're fixing to take it and guess who's there the Gibeonites they go oh, by the way this is our city and Joshua said man you lied to me so well you're gonna have to work for the children of Levi be the servants Serve them. They said, that's fine. End of the story. Chapter 9. Then chapter 10 happens. Read chapter 10. What happens? Y'all remember? As many of you read the story, you remember what happened. Five other kings in Canaan got mad at the Gibeonites. Because they made a league with the children of Israel. So they got together and surrounded the Gibeonites and said, we're going to kill you. Because you made a league with the enemy. And the Gibeonites sent word to Joshua. Hey, these five kings are coming against me. Joshua could have said, well, we'll try. I'll try to get there. I might be able to, uh, we'll do what we can. We'll come in a few days. You lousy, lying, manipulating, cheating, scoundrel. Huh? You worried now? You lied to me. That's not what he did. He said, we're going. And he prayed, asked God to help them. And do you know one of the greatest miracles in the history of the world happened 
Remember? Son, stand still. Because Joshua pursuing the Gibeonites, enemy, because he made a covenant with them. I'm telling you, if Joshua has that kind of integrity, and what he said was, when he told the children, when he told the, the, the elders of the, they said, are, are we going? He said, we've made a covenant before the Lord. Therefore, we're going to fight their enemy. If that is how strong Joshua felt about a covenant with people that were manipulative and liars and cheats. And I wonder how God feels whenever I've been buried in his name. I've received the gift of his spirit. I've been worshiping him. You don't think he knows where we are and what we're going through. I'm telling you our God knows exactly the enemy that's coming against us. He's willing to make all of the heavens stand still. He will do anything and everything. We are not in this fight alone. If Joshua would not abandon the Gibeonites God surely will not abandon his children no matter what we're going through. And that's how powerful this very sense of a covenant is. And when you look in the old in the New Testament Hebrews Paul wrote to the Hebrews he said for men verily swear by the greater an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope set before us which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and fed steadfast which enters within the veil what are you saying I'm saying in this hour I don't know what's going to happen this year but I have a hope that is inside the veil that our God will not lie he will not leave us nor forsake us he'll be there through the valley of the shadow of death he will make a way where there seems to be no way that's the kind of God I serve the 13th chapter Paul continued on saying let your character and I put this in the amplified because I, I want to show you this verse. And you can read it in the King James Version. In fact, I, I will read it to you in the King James Version. And, and it's good. But in the Amplified, it gives you a greater sense of the, of the five negatives that have, are implied here. Hebrews 13, 5, and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And that's great. Listen to it in the Amplified. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. Be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. What? Be satisfied? Well, I'm not, I'm not satisfied. I want God to touch COVID. 
He said, hang on. Be satisfied. Why? Because you can get so frustrated with what's not happening that you can miss the opportunity to praise God through the middle of your valley. Then he said, for God himself has said, I will not in any way fail, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree. When you read it in the Greek, he, the Greek language is just pounding that. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Five times he said, I'm not going to do it. 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 So we may take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? What are you saying? Oh, but aren't you afraid of that? Yes, aren't you concerned? Yes, aren't you taking precaution? Yes, all of the above. But let me tell you something. I am not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live under the gun of what's going to happen. You know why? Because the Lord is my helper. The Lord. You say, oh, well, does that mean you're protected and you'll never get it? No. Does that mean you'll never? No. But what I still know is no matter if you do or if you don't, as I've said before, God is still in control. God is our helper. You, you say, well, I trust the science. Well, guess what? How do you figure out why a 20-year-old or 40-year-old can get it and pass away and an 87-year-old gets it and does it? Yep. Some with no help. What are you meaning? I'm telling you, I still have to rely on the Lord is my helper. Lord, I need your strength. And that's what this 40 days is about, is refocusing our mind. Lord, we need you. We need your spirit. We need your guidance. We need your help. We need you to help us and give us wisdom this year. Oh, Psalms 92, he says it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises unto his name, O Most High, to show forth loving kindness in the morning, thy faithfulness every night. Psalm 36, thy mercy is in the heavens, thy faithfulness reaches to the clouds. You remember after 400 years of silence, God had not spoken to anyone. There was no word from God. And a little girl by the name of Mary, I don't know how old she was, 14, 15, 17, I don't know, 18. Who knows? She had not yet married. Young girl, all of a sudden an angel visits her, tells her you're going to have a child. Luke records it. Matthew records it. And the talk about Mary's statement, magnificent they call it, Luke, the fourth chapter, first chapter, 46 through the 55th verses, you can read it. My soul doth magnify the Lord. And she goes on, he hath helped his servant Israel 
And notice what she says. In remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers. She gets thing that I'm going to go and see my cousin Elizabeth. Knowing that Elizabeth is also, you remember the whole story of Zacharias and Elizabeth. And Zacharias, the older man, was told he's going to have a child. You remember what Zacharias said? That's ah, not going to happen. What did the angel do? said, you need to shut up. If you can't say anything positive when God... Used to be a saying, you know, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. You know, and you can talk yourself into a depression. You can talk yourself into discouragement. <laughs> so he made Zacharias shut up. And then when the baby's born, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost descended on Zacharias. And he began to prophesy. You can read it in Luke the first chapter. And he goes on and you read his whole testimony. He says to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender It is the mercy of God that I feel drawn to come to an altar. It's the mercy of God that I feel a need to be baptized. There are people that, you know, I don't feel nothing. I don't feel nothing. I've hardened my heart. I'm not, doesn't move me, doesn't touch me, doesn't impact me. You don't realize how sad that word is. It is the mercy of God that leads man, the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. It's whenever you realize, Lord, I need you. I need your spirit. I need your guidance. I want to tell you something. When we've gone through the year that we've gone through, you would think everybody in the world would be saying, we need God. We need God. And yet, I, I know, unfortunately, we're not there. And yet, Zacharias, he said, it's the mercy of God that this day spring on high hath visited us to give light to those that sit in darkness. What are you saying? And, and I understand it's easy to get our mind clouded by all of that and even though you've had the Holy Ghost and even though everything's going good you know you can get overwhelmed and I get it happened to Timothy pastoring you remember read 2nd Timothy 1st and 2nd chapters Paul tells him you know Timothy, don't forget the gift that was put on you and the laying on of hands. Stir it up. Then he said the line that we love in the first chapter, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and love, and a sound mind. You keep reading. There weren't chapters in the first letter. Keep reading that letter. He goes on to say, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Endure hardness as a good soldier. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall live with him. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. 
if we believe not, it's the Greek equivalent of the Old Testament word has said, yet he abides merciful, faithful, loving kindness, because he cannot deny himself. Even for people who deny, oh, I'm not going to deny the Lord. I don't need the Lord. I don't need God. And yet that does not change God one bit. He is there still loving, still reaching, still. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever felt what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm not going to bow my, I'm going to reject God. I'm not going to. And yet the Lord was there doing what he could. What a privilege it is. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve. And, and that's why this equivalent word in the Greek, that's why Paul said in Hebrews, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is merciful, loving kindness, at promised in Thessalonians he was talking about the coming of the Lord and he said the very God of peace sanctify you holy I pray God your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ we love it first Thessalonians 5 23 verse 24 says faithful is he that called you oh aren't you thankful that's the kind of God we serve he hasn't left us. He hasn't forsaken us. First Corinthians, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. No temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is merciful, kind, good, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Finally, brethren, he told him in Thessalonians, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course, be glorified, even as it is with you, that he, we may be delivered from unreasonable wicked men. For all men have not faith, but the Lord is, what are you saying? I want us to start off this year when we pray, thanking God for his mercy, thanking God for his faithfulness. I know our, our, our world, doesn't deserve the kindness of God. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if we're gonna have relief from this or not, I don't know. We don't deserve it. But I'm glad we serve a God that's faithful. That's faithful. No matter how I feel, no matter how many times I get discouraged, no matter how many times I get frustrated, I serve a God that's faithful. Oh, what a privilege to know the Lord. You say, well, I, 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 I you know, I don't know him like you. Tonight's a good night to say, Lord, I want to get in covenant with you because covenant with God
is different than having a covenant with man. When you make a covenant with a man or another human, if you don't keep your end of the bargain, I can bail. Go buy a car. Go buy a house. Make a covenant with the bank. I'll pay you 500 a month. You pay off my loan, I'll pay you 500 a month. The first month you don't fulfill your obligation, they're going to send you a letter. Second month, probably going to call the sheriff. Third month, your house is going up on the... Huh? First month, second month, third month, you're going to be towing your car away. Know what I'm talking about? We made a bargain. I'll pay your car. You got to pay me. <laughs> That's not the way God is. He's faithful. I'll never leave you or forsake you. As a nation, you know, you say, oh, we don't deserve the mercy of God. I don't deserve the mercy of God. But oh, I'm so thankful he's faithful, aren't you? Let's just stand right now. If you need the Holy Ghost, come. If you need prayer, come. We're just going to take a moment, thank him, worship him for his kindness and his mercy to us.